Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. You know, have you ever heard the expression like war does strange, th- strange things to a man? Well, yep. you know what? So would being a White House correspondent, being on the White House lawn for a major news network for mm-hmm. years does a strange thing to you. And that is it gives you this X-Man like superpower to see behind mm-hmm the lies and to understand what's going on and everything and to be able to differentiate lies from truth. So today we have the absolute truth's very own Emerald Robinson. Yay! Welcome! (laughs) Yes. I don't know if that's that's true, David, because a lot of my colleagues there, they certainly still have a problem distinguishing the truth (laughs) from falsehood. Uh, I wish that were true. <laughs> That's your superpower. That is your superpower. <laughs> yes. You could you could you could you could sift through all the things going on and be like you know, this is this is the real issue going mm-hmm. on here. And uh, that's why I love your Substack. I yes. I think I, I probably subscribe to maybe three or four, not a whole lot. And oh, uh no. and like you're one of them that when it comes in, like, oh, we gotta see what you're saying. It's phenomenal work. So for those of you if you if you don't even get substacks. This is one that you would want to get and mm-hmm. keep you on the loop because it's the the secret ingredient behind something that makes it that makes it really work that you talk about on every topic. That is exactly right. Well, I'm honored. Thank you. Absolutely. Well you've had obviously several substacks. It's right there underneath of your name. But what something we wanted to talk about today was what's going on in Colorado. You had one that just came out like an hour ago and then you also had one that came out um I think it was yesterday Something's, on something stinks in Colorado. Very stinky. Yep. And when I read this, I was like, Oh my gosh, everybody needs to hear this. I think it's really important. Yeah, I think so because it just further points to questions about our elections. You look at this, specifically the Secretary of State race, but if you actually go through the data for, say, the governor's race, the Senate race, and we're talking about all the GOP primaries, we're only focused on that, not the Democrat primaries, but particularly the Secretary of State, you Mm -hmm. see some anomalies in the data. And if you're a statistician, if you're someone who really, really, really loves numbers and data and patterns and how you line it up with human behavior, you find that that data just doesn't... um, just doesn't resemble human behavior. And this is something that an analyst explained on my show, The Absolute Truth Truth Yesterday, Veraza Smith. She said, when you're looking at the Lauren Boebert race for the congressional third district, that looks a little more normal because there's ups and downs and peaks and this. But when you looked at those other three races, they went in a certain direction. So that then makes you start asking a lot of other questions, right? When the data looks strange. And so that's why I did, mm-hmm. um, me and my team, and we started calling around. Let's just talk about the results of the Secretary of State race. Tina Peters, yes. who is now probably, I think most of your, your viewers are going to know who Tina Peters yes. are. Definitely. Right? Yes. She's not a household name. She has name recognition. She yep. gets up at Trump rallies and talks. Mm-hmm. She's been out there with Mike Lindell all over the place, so people know her. She also raised the most money in the race, and usually that's a good indicator, especially at the rate that she outraised her two opponents, Pam Anderson, and a guy that nobody knew, Mike right. O'Donnell. Where did he come and, from? Well, originally Australia, and he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, He's like my kind of guy, too, because he's kind of nerdy. And he only got into the race simply to talk about certain issues he saw 
with the state and to highlight them. He didn't even think he was stand a chance at doing well. He wasn't considered a contender at all. I think he raised $4,400. He wanted to talk about business permits and then the voter rolls because he too agrees that the voter rolls in Colorado are extremely dirty. He was very concerned when he bought the data, bought the voter rolls because you can do that. You can buy access and looked at them and he realized this is terrible. Right. right. He is someone and he's not, you can tell he's not really partisan. Um, he would never say in local interviews that he thought the 2020 election was legitimate and he wasn't even somebody that was trying to win. So how does someone like that who has no interaction, no one knows who he is. Well, and, and what was his social media numbers? You had yes. some of those in the article as well, like uh, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, Tina Peters, she's on Steve Bannon. She, you know, she was on she was a regular, she's on your show, our show. She was I mean, she was everywhere. She worked hard and and got her story out there. I mean, you said only 193 people were actually following his campaign page. Yeah. I mean, I'm, no one I mean, him. We'll get to more on that in just a minute. That's so crazy. He ends up in a, basically a statistical tie with Tina Peters. Now, you might have thought, okay, so maybe the left was right, you know, the mainstream media. Maybe, you know, some... Colorado Republicans, because, you know, it is now a very blue state. Maybe they felt that she couldn't win a general. Mm -hmm. That could be a case made. But in no way could you say, if you look at the numbers that you have on the screen right now, that Tina Peters would have a statistical a, a tie with this Mike O'Donnell. So we got on the phone and we started calling different county clerks in very rare areas. If you have, I think you all have the map you'll see that O'Donnell took a lot of the really red counties. Right. And that, we looked at the map. I looked at that and thought, that's unbelievable. So I called the county clerks, eight of them who answered, eight answered, and talked to them. And wow. all of them said they really had no idea who this Mike O'Donnell guy was. And they, too, were surprised. Um, one clerk went so far as to tell me that they felt that she felt that there should be a hand recount and that uh, Tina Peters or one of the, the candidates need to request it because she said, and she said she could do it in a day. She's like, look, we're a tiny county. We don't have that many votes. And I'm telling you, I think it's odd that O'Donnell won this county. Wow. So even the clerks realize that something's up and suggest that there should be a hand recount. And I just want to give some more context on who exactly Pam Anderson is. She was so unpopular. She didn't even go to her Republican convention. She didn't even, she wasn't even there. Wow. She got on the ballot only in April because of write-ins. And it was, she had to organize a writing campaign and she got 1,282 valid signatures. That was it. You're so kidding. That wow. Then there's the 35 point swing for her on primary day. None of this adds up. Also, you should know that she's on the board of directors for Mark Zuckerberg's private election <laughs> mafia, the okay. Center for Tech and Civic Life. And now you know that, or you might not know the official name for it, that's CTCL, but we more commonly call it the Zuckerbuck organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. That is exact. Oh, this is very concerning for people because a lot of our listeners are in the Colorado area. What can people do, Emerald, in this situation? I think that people have to push for a hand recount. I think technically, you know, each state is different, but technically it would have to be one of the uh, candidates like Tina Peters to request a hand count. I'd also like to talk to Michael Donnell 
personally and just see what he thinks because he's pretty honest throughout this campaign when he was asked questions he would say as far as the 2020 election goes he would never say oh it's legitimate like say um jeff uh was it jeff o'day who won the senate primary for the gop that's what he said the whole time this candidate didn't say that michael donald he just said i haven't really investigated that but i have looked at the voter rolls and i can tell you they're extremely bad and they have to be fixed so i'd love to talk to him but i do think that Colorado, uh, you say Coloradans, right? Uh -huh. um, they, they need to demand accountability. I think they have to try to organize and, and demand a hand recount because you have to look, Colorado is one of those states that relies heavily on uh, these Dominion voting machines. Mm -hmm. And we've yep. seen all kinds of issues with those in Georgia in the primary. Fulton County still doesn't have uh, final election re results and there's still disparities there and questions being had. And now there's, I mean, even officials have lawyered up down in Fulton County because it's looking so bad in regards to their primary election. Remember, they had they had missed a bunch of votes, and it turns out yep. apparently that Brad Roethlisberger's vote didn't even count. He or his wife's vote <laughs> didn't count, wow. which is the ironies of irony. And when we're looking at these machines, what I have been told <laughs> is that if you sit and you do a real paper hand recount, right? Mm -hmm. That should reveal it. Where the problem lies in these recounts, and I, I want to be very careful when people understand that there's a risk limiting audit, and that's not necessarily a good thing, and they don't do that in a way that you have the true hand recount. And sometimes when they do do that, there's not full transparency, which is another thing we've seen in Fulton County and is currently in debate as well. Governor Kemp's office is trying to get by without dealing with it, but one of his his friends knows about it and is upset about it and is pressing the issue. So with this, they did a hand recount on December 3rd and 4th, if you remember that, in 2020, and they said, oh, everything matched. There's no problems. Brad Raffensperger said that two weeks ago on the Hill during this January 6th committee sham, he said, oh, we reconciled and everything was fine. Well, that's not true. There's still nearly 20,000 votes that that don't have the documentation to even show where they came from. The county has admitted, state has admitted that there's no tabulator tapes. So there's no proof that these are real votes. And they've admitted that. Wow. And what they did is they said they reconciled them. And they did that by calling a particular Dominion employee. And they all of a sudden said, okay, we've reconciled these votes. What does that even mean? They reconciled. Right. And so from the hand recount, the machine count, they said, well, we reconciled it. And then they tried to act like that it was the same count when really there's no proof that it was. Wow. So this is something, you know, obviously <sighs> our slogan is wake up, speak up and show up. This is a time that Colorado, we, you need to be speaking up and showing up. You need to be asking questions. This is so important. If we don't get this taken care of now, yeah. it's not going to be taken care of in the future. It needs to be addressed at this point. Emerald, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks for being a trustworthy yes. source that is like really doing the... What do you call it? Work. Yeah. <laughs> of, of a journalist. You're picking up the phone. You're making calls. You're doing the things that other people step over. And and I'll tell you what, our country owes you a, a, a debt of gratitude for that because that's very rare. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I'm just extremely concerned, as I know you all are, because I love this country. I want my kids to grow up in some semblance of a country that I grew up in. And I, I still believe in it. You know, I don't know how, I know it looks bad today, but I do believe in the power of the people. And I see the people getting concerned and doing what you're saying, calling, speaking out, getting informed. That's what we had to yep. start doing because right? we had no idea. Yep. But now people are more informed. And I think, 
I think it's good. Me so too. We'll put all, all the links down below to how yep. people can find your, your website, your work, your show, and your Substack. Tell you, Flyover family, go check out this Substack. It'll make you appear smarter than you really are <laughs> when you get into discussions. And that's the extra little help you might need right there. That's right. Thanks again, Emerald. We really appreciate your time. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belt, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't, you couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you, even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com. 